listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me. This is episode number 152. I can't believe that we have 152 episodes here. It just started as a little project, and three years later, boom, here we go. We got some real content for you. Take your time and go through and listen to some of the previous episodes. Turn it into a free business development course. Regardless of whatever industry you work in, especially if you do work in professional services, this is going to help you to get more business. So the show that we have today is with Margaret Burke. We're talking with her about the importance of having a business development plan in place. Now, Margaret is the president and founder of MB Law. She has decades of experience consulting with lawyers, partners, small to mid-sized law firms. She specializes in managing operations, finance, HR, IT, and business development to improve law firm operations, streamline processes, and scale revenue. So this is somebody that's been there, done that. She has some great, I think some really good, both strategic and also tactical ideas related to a business development plan. So if you wrote one years ago and you you haven't done much with it, or if you know you should write one and you haven't done it yet, this is going to be a really good show for you to listen to, regardless of whatever type of industry you work in. Even if you don't work in legal, this show is going to give you value. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Thanks for listening, and here's my conversation with Margaret Burke. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Margaret Burke, and we're talking about the importance of having a business development plan in place. Margaret, thanks for joining me on the show. Thank you, Scott, for having me today. It's a fabulous topic. Absolutely right. And what's interesting, as a legal recruiter, I talk to partners all the time, and I've seen, I'd say most of them, I'd say probably 80 to 90% of them don't have any sort of written out business development plan in place. Let's start off with this question. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that the large majority of people in professional services business development don't, don't really have any sort of written plan in place? I expect it's a few things. One is, and we hear this a lot, you know, with law school, most all law schools do not teach business and right. they do not teach business development. Yeah. That's one. I would say the other is time. I think that time and a desire to be perfect. I think attorneys are incredibly busy individuals. They're advising clients and busy doing the work. Mm. And they, one, have time constraints. Two is attorneys tend to be, have very high standards in everything they do, thankfully. Right. And as a result, may shy away from the marketing BD because they want to do it very well and they don't have time to do it perfectly. Therefore, they don't do anything. And that I think is really common. Yeah, I've seen that too, where you're absolutely right. They're, why do I need a plan? I'm getting all these calls to do work, but they might not be their own clients. And I've seen that if they just don't have that plan in place, if they don't have that, that own book of business, then their options are limited. In your experience as a consultant, I know you've seen a lot of plans, a lot of business plans, uh, business development plans from attorneys. How would you give us some of the building blocks, some of the elements of that plan that you've seen for those people that have been successful in business development? Sure, absolutely. 
something that is such a hot topic right now is Google reviews. So that's that's a checklist item, but absolutely being open to having clients and referral sources provide Google reviews is, is an element of a plan that is really important. Mm-hmm. The second item is social media presence. Um, mm-hmm. This topic we could talk about forever. It is a wonderful way to stay in touch with people, have your thought leadership shared in a way that helps others. It is a way that even if you believe you do not get referrals from social media, it is a way for you to stay in front of people without having to spend your time doing that. Many folks will have a need, a question, and they see you come up on social media and they're instantly reminded that you are a trusted advisor that they can call. Right. That's so social media, thank you. Social media, Google reviews, a really good website. And it doesn't need to be a complex website, but one that shares with people, not necessarily who you are, because your bio will show that, but what you do for your clients. If you really shift your message into how you help people and your website repeats that over and over, it's a wonderful tool for marketing and business development. Mm-hmm. And then stay in touch with your your clients, your referral sources, those specialists that provide really good service to your clients. Stay in touch with people. And we'll talk about that, I hope, in a few minutes because that's a big part of a a plan is tracking the people that you do want to stay in touch with. Keep it simple. Have a list. And you could contact one person a week on that list. Keep it to the top 15 people. Stay in touch. So let me kind of unpack this a little bit. When you, I wanted to talk about what should we put on our site and the narrative that discusses what we do for our clients. What are some examples of that? When you've seen someone that's done it really well, what is it that they're really talking about? Are they talking about their expertise in antitrust or whatever it is, or are they talking about the benefit that their clients received by hiring them? They're talking about the benefit that their clients received by hiring them. And what can be a challenge for many, and especially for attorneys that have a lot of experience and have many specialties, they may be afraid to list just a few examples of how they help clients for fear that people will think they don't also specialize in other areas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a, a marketing 101 challenge that we all have. And if you can put that to the side and give an example of how you help, it could be a you're a business attorney that specializes closely help businesses launch. You right. could be a, an attorney that focuses on family businesses. It doesn't mean you don't do other things, but when, when people start to see language on your website that resonates with them, they'll mm-hmm. feel you understand them. Right. And I do believe that a lot of, not all, but many law firms do shift the focus to the attorneys. And that doesn't always resonate with with clients. I think what clients want to see is, gee, they get me. He or she gets me. And give an example of help them feel that way. Okay, great, great. And let me talk a little bit more about the referral sources, staying in touch with them, staying in touch with clients, tracking others with whom you want to stay in touch. Besides clients, client prospects, and referral sources, is there anybody else that a professional should think of in terms of wanting to stay connected with? Yes, I would say the third bucket is belongs to those folks that provide really good services to the type of clients you work with. Mm-hmm. So you're a trusted advisor. 
you know, quite often people call their attorney, their accountant (laughs) when something happens and you really want to be, you know, I'm not a sports person, but I will say you want to be the quarterback. Yeah. You want to be the one that they say, gee, I know I can call Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. so-and-so, and they're going to give me a name of someone to help me with this problem I have. Mm-hmm. So really keeping a list of one specialist that you've worked with, that you you feel really confident making introductions, and two, stay in touch with those specialists because they have clients that you may, may be able to help. It's a It's wonderful when it's a mutually beneficial relationship you have with some of these specialists. That's great. And so you talk about keeping track of them. And I like what you said, one person a week. And there's one attorney I remember uh, talking with, he'd actually done a very good job of building his book at a young age. I mean, he really was very deliberate and intentional about writing a business plan and executing on that. And he said, I want to have 50 connections with people that can move move the ball forward, so to speak. And there's your other sports metaphor for the day. Mm-hmm. People that can really help me advance those relationships with prospective clients. And I said, that's brilliant. I said, what does that mean? He said, it's really one a week, one a week, 50 a year. And he gave me examples such as if he's going to be speaking on a panel, he's going to reach out to some client prospect that perhaps would be at that same trade conference and say, hey, by the way, come and see my panel. Why don't we talk afterwards? He'll do things mm-hmm. like that. And what are, what are some other examples when you say uh, keeping in touch with them? How should somebody keep in touch with those people? What are some examples that you've seen? Sure. First, I'll say I love that example. Absolutely love that example. That individual that you're sharing the story with, you're sharing his or her story with us. The outreach that you shared, that person that was contacted feels as though they're important to this person. Yeah. They're going to make an extra effort to meet them and be there for them and to refer people. Yeah. Um, so s- some other activities, really keeping track of industry news for the folks that you want to stay in touch with. Yep. Banking, you know, mm-hmm. a few months ago, you know, absolutely reaching out and saying, gee, I know you have a lot going on must be really busy for you. I'm thinking of you or gee, I hope all is well when things settle, love to get together and, and hope you're doing well. Accountants during tax season. Mm-hmm. I know people that have sent gift baskets or treats or brownies to accountants that they do work with and say, hey, we know you're you're busy right now. Enjoy this. You know, just being thoughtful as much as you can. And in order to do that, by tracking information such as industry, You can have, if you're fortunate to have a support professional working with you, you could have that individual help you with this. They could come in once a week, give you the name of the person you contact. They could track different Mm -hmm. dates that Mm -hmm. you've set of importance. Mm -hmm. Tax season, if there's news, you know, knowing that you should reach out to every banker you work with. And then LinkedIn actually has a great tool of following industries. And and so you can track and and get once a week, you could go into a feed and see what has happened in particular industries and reach out to the folks that you work with within those industries and send. It could be a copy and paste email to a few different people. That's a great idea, Margaret. So these are the things that people should actually write out in their plan. Is that right? Write it in the plan and then get help because Mm -hmm. attorneys are very busy. You know, I have been working in and with law firms for a really long time and attorneys and they, it's just very challenging for them to carve out time unless they love doing this. If, yeah. if someone loves doing this, it comes naturally because they like it. They put it to the top of the list. But if this doesn't come naturally, 
knowing that people can help you. You may have a wonderful person in your firm that can help you. I will share, I know attorneys that have very successfully used virtual assistance, mm-hmm. um, developed a plan for a very low budget and got great results. And then there are also companies that can help you if you don't have time to do this. But just please add it to your list of things that you do want to spend even a half hour a week on. Yeah, that's great. And the way I look at this, I look at each connection could be a significant inflection point. You never know how things are going to move quickly just because of one connection. For example, I gave a a presentation at a panel on a panel discussion a couple of weeks ago, and there was a firm that I'd reached out to before. And at the end of my presentation, I was able to meet that person in person and it advanced the relationship significantly. So you never know. One small connection can really advance that relationship to where now they become a client. Before they were just someone that knew you, they'd heard of you, but now you've had a chance to connect with them. They trust you a little more because they saw you in action. And that is a key inflection point in those relationships and how we develop those. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, kind of going back to the business plan here. If I'm in a big firm or a firm that does have resources such as marketing staff, or other colleagues where we're working together as a team, uh, should I mention some of those contributors in my plan and kind of the action steps that they're going to take to help me develop and execute on my plan? Absolutely. You know, a lot of um, firms that have the resources to have a marketing team or a marketing person or some firms outsource and they have a marketing professional, Mm -hmm. they love when the attorneys reach out to them and ask for help. Usually they're waiting for that. That's their profession. And, you know, law firms don't always utilize their resources. The attorneys at firms don't always utilize. And it's the ones that do that get the attention. So I would highly recommend that an attorney with a firm that has any resources related to marketing, it could be, again, in-house, part-time, outsourced, reach out to those folks, let them know, gee, I'm putting together a business plan. How can you help me? meet with them. It can be once to begin with, and then maybe once a week for 10 minutes, 15, but pass some of the the work onto those individuals. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Great. So let's say the person listening to this has developed a plan. And for example, they go to Microsoft Word and they start writing and they write out some of the elements that you've talked about. How often should they refer to this? How often should they update that? What sort of things should they pay attention to as they develop the plan? And is it something that this document is kind of a living, breathing document that can change over time? What have you seen in that regard, Margaret? Sure. I feel very strongly that the plan does not need to be perfect. The having a plan is the most important and updating. You should look at that plan at least once a week. Mm -hmm. And your activities should be at least once a week. And then in terms of perfecting it, you could have notes at the bottom, ideas, And once a quarter, you go in and make updates. I would say try to stick with a plan for two months. Note note the things that you believe should be changed and then go revisit after a few months and then make changes. I I find that if things evolve too quickly and the plan becomes too complex, it won't be used. So I would start by keeping it really simple, add in notes as you go, but definitely looking at it once a week and having action items. I say once a week, some people that love this will do it once a day, but Mm -hmm. at least once a week, because if you go past once a week, you forget about it. That's what I've seen and believe. Okay, that's good. So should we write this like in our to-do list to remind us to go check the plan every week? What do you think? What have you seen that's helped? 
people to get I, actually get it done. I, I've seen folks be very successful when they have it on the calendar. Yep. And I do know that you know emergencies come up. So there's usually a day of the week that is a little more manageable than others. It tends mm-hmm. to be Fridays tend to be mm-hmm. a, a good time where people are able to spend some time on this. Mondays can be busy because things have happened over the weekend and you're catching up. But put it on your calendar. And if something does become more important, try to value that time, try to honor that time. But if a client situation comes up, move it to later in the day. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't just not move it. Like move that appointment, treat it like an appointment. That's and if great. it has to be yeah. only a half hour, do one half hour to begin. I like that. At least they're doing something. Yeah. That's great. And so what have you seen with COVID and how it changed the landscape of business development? What are some changes that you've seen with respect to business development plans that came out of COVID? Yeah. What has been really compelling is how many firms are now doing business development and marketing. Wow. Yeah. You know, I would say maybe five years ago, six years ago, the bigger firms have always historically done business development and marketing and have plans. A lot of smaller firms did not believe it was necessary or have plans in place. And COVID, I don't know if it allowed people time to think about this, to stop playing online and looking at LinkedIn more, but there has been a big shift to marketing and BD in, in law firms. It's it's very common now. A lot of firms during COVID seem to have initiated a lot of projects. Maybe it was to keep the staff busy. Mm-hmm. Like maybe firms wanted to retain people and they started embarking on some of those projects that they had been talking about for years, but couldn't get to. So COVID seems to have really pushed marketing and BD to the forefront. Wow. It's also allowed us to talk on Zoom and meet on Zoom and have it not be unusual. Right. It Before now, it wasn't it wasn't very common except for Skype it, or you know yep. it was not common. Sense. Yeah. Right. And you can have a lot of business development meetings on Zoom. I mean, you want to limit them likely, but you know, a lunch meeting that took 3 hours really if you're commuting at yeah. least at least 3, half a day. Half a day. Now could be a 45 minutes at, at your at your desk and you have that interaction. In person is wonderful. So I will I will say, you know, Scott, you referenced meeting someone in person. There is nothing like meeting someone in person. If you can meet in person, the Zoom is, especially if you don't need to meet in person, the Zoom relationships are pretty strong now. So that's a big they change. Are. It's almost like if you look at a phone call, a half hour phone call, let's call that one unit of value. A Zoom meeting could be about seven or eight units of value, but an in-person meeting is probably about 50 units of value. It just really moves things forward that much more. But you're right. Zoom is fantastic. One thing I've started doing with candidates when it's appropriate in my relationship with them, I'll say, let's just have a Zoom meeting so we can get to know each other better. And I'll be very clear with those words because I think that's what people want when they're working in something so critical with a professional, such as even business development. When they agree to have a Zoom meeting with you, well, there's a reason for that. And you can Mm -hmm. move that relationship forward pretty far in that Mm -hmm. Zoom meeting. So tell me a story then, Margaret, of somebody that you've worked with where before you started working with them, they didn't have a plan or maybe it just wasn't something that they followed to where now they actually are very disciplined about that and they're seeing results. Give me an example of that. Sure. Yeah. It, it goes back to what we started to talk about at the beginning of our, our call today is tracking and doing one thing that's manageable a week, manageable chunks. So I worked with an attorney, I still do, who goals, the goals included increase in revenue, 
increasing the brand, getting the, you know, his name out there. So yep. basically increasing revenue, helping to develop his brand to the public. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went through a process of looking at CRMs and, you know, different systems to track. And we ended up just keeping it really simple. It's a simple spreadsheet. He utilizes his assistant through some blind copying. The assistant knows exactly what the next step is depending on the blind copy language. So he doesn't need to spend time entering a lot of information, Mm -hmm. but he allocates time. He has stayed in touch with clients that are very important to him. He also stays in touch with those top 10 referral sources and has really brought in a lot of um, additional revenue from the activity of being aware of who he wants to stay in touch with. Yeah, that's great. So if we were to give three action steps to people listening, Margaret, you want them to really get started on this, or if they have done it to really improve how effective they are, what would those three action steps be? The three action steps would be to, it might be four, to write down, type or write the ultimate goal of business development. It's typically to bring in more clients. It could be to bring in more clients and also gain more leverage within your firm or to go out to a new firm or start a firm. So that leverage question, you know, having that ability. One, the reason. Two, a system that you'll follow that's easy for you to get access to, to track activity. Again, you could start with a simple spreadsheet just to keep it simple. Yeah, right. Develop a weekly manageable activity that you will do to begin. It doesn't need to be perfect. As things come up, keep track at the bottom of your list, things you'll add. And then remember that perfection is the like the enemy of progress sometimes. Keep it really simple and just start next week. Start this week. Do one thing and, and allocate time to doing that. And start today, right? Start today. Start today. Like <laughs> reach, reach out to that person that you want to make sure you stay in touch with. Add that person to your list in the date because you'll be amazed when you track how time flies by quickly. Someone great, that you yeah. think you spoke to last month that may have been eight months ago and you yeah. don't know it until you can look at that date. This is good. So I'm going to kind of summarize these. Number one, write down the ultimate goal of business development. If it's to bring in more clients, gain more leverage within your firm, go to a new firm or start one. What's the reason why you want to do this? Number two, develop a system that you will follow to track the activity. It can be a simple spreadsheet, but develop a weekly activity and start today. Actually, no, that was my third one. Start today. Remember that perfection is the enemy of progress. Keep it simple and start today. And This is great. Thank you. And I do have a fourth. I I skipped over my fourth. (laughs) There are a lot of amazing people that can help you. You know, it's a whole world of folks that specialize in law firm marketing and business development. They'll work with individuals, they'll work with firms. There's a lot of folks that that I know that have amazing mastermind groups focused exclusively on marketing and business development. You're not alone. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and sometimes when you're in a group, it's like exercise. If you have a group that you're accountable to, you actually do it. So that's right. just a, a fourth option if you feel as though you need a little bit of help. That's great, Margaret. And tell us about your offerings. What is it that you do and the services that you have that you'd like our listeners to know? And we'll certainly reference any links on our show notes that you that you share with us. Sure, thanks. So I work with law firms. I've been working in and with law firms for over 20 years. And I specialize in helping firms in a few services. One is I 
serve as a fractional COO. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of items that fall under that, that bucket. But essentially, I work with firms that recognize they need or want help managing the business of their law firm. Usually, it's a focus on revenue generation, retaining talent, and fostering a very successful law firm. And they don't need or want someone full-time doing that, but they want someone to oversee that. They want help. So fractional COO. I also work in strategic planning with law firms. Mm -hmm. And an area where I like to believe I'm different is I... In addition to helping to develop the plan, I help execute. And that is an area that is very important to law firms. A lot of firms have wonderful plans. They've worked with amazing consultants and the plans sit on their desk and maybe develop a dust because they just don't have the time. And so part of my service is is creating the plan and then executing on your behalf. That's great. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? It really is the execution, and and I work very closely with my clients, and you know, helping to ensure that they are kept up to date, they feel good about the process, and the focus is to get it done. That's and great. then the third, yeah, the third is I help law firms that are merging. Mm-hmm. So typically, if a firm is on the smaller to mid sized firm, they they have staff that are amazing. That staff is usually already a capacity, and. When a firm merges with another firm, there is a need for integration, and that covers everything related to making sure that the two firms get to know each other, they understand the systems, there's training, and that the ultimate goal of that merger, which is bringing the clients over, happens. And so I have a specialty in that area, and, and I do a fair amount of work in law firm integration. That's great, Margaret. That's good to know. And we're going to put all of your information and your contact info on the show notes. And thank you for being on the show today. We'll have you back as a guest in the future, I'm sure. And thank you again, Margaret, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.